This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a cheerful, bright good morning to you oh, on this. Oh, you are such rather, a faker. <laughs> well, yeah, such a, we, we've just been talking. Uh, Frank Proctor here, by the yes, way. Yes, indeed. Sue Chef with the Garden, uh, talking about kind of what a dreary day it is. And both of us had the experience of when the alarm's going to go off, you wake up and you, I don't want to get up. Yeah, turn over and go right back to sleep. So I completely get it. If Excuse you're me, lying there. in bed right now with your yeah. cup of tea or your cup of coffee and you're just cozy and you're not getting up, yeah. I'm with you. Part of the reason was, of course, I was uh, partying last night a little yes, bit along with a are. whole bunch of other folks. Such uh, an animal. Here at Zoomer Radio, we had our uh, Boo Bash, the Halloween uh, uh, get together, and, and the uh, Zoomer um, Zoomer Plex, and it, it was a ball. Yeah. And, and the uh, Dream Boats, four young guys from Mississauga. Boy, are they good! Just um, Robbie Lane when he was introducing him said, "You know, these guys are for real." I mean. He has such respect for this for a quartet, and they were super. But when you say young guys, like what, like teenagers? Well, no, 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 no. They're in their twenties, uh, late twenties, oh. early thirties, I think. You know, but boy, they're good. All the old hits, they they rhyme off like crazy, and they perform them beautifully. So do they have like a ton band? of energy. So is it a cappella, or do they have? Music? No, no, they're playing guitars, drums, that sort of thing. Oh. You know, so it's they're 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 musicians. Oh. But man, they they sing. they sing like yeah, sons like of a guns. barbershop quartet, but. Better, <laughs> yeah, not quite a barber shop quartet. No. Okay, I, I'm I'm off on a wrong tangent there. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I I messed you up by saying quartet, and yeah, they automatically yeah. go to a, you know, yeah, I do. down by the old mill street. Exactly, yeah. no. you just said the old favorites. <laughs> no, okay. No. Um, all right, this is the garden show. Yes. So it's a great day to not be in the garden, but of course, uh, getting a nice, good soaking uh, rain today mm. in preparation for getting out in the garden tomorrow because there'll be leaves yeah. to pick up, <clears throat> weeds to pull, garlic to plant, all kinds of things mm-hmm. to do. That's my, on my schedule anyway. So if you have any questions or tips for anybody, let's give out the Always numbers. Always looking for tips, absolutely. Sure, I'd love yeah. to hear success stories. Yep. Did you want to give out the phone numbers? Sure, uh, particularly to those who are maybe first-time listeners. Uh, this is AM740, 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. And the phone number to reach Charlie, if you live in the Toronto area, 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 866 740-4740. Nothing we like better than meeting brand new people, brand new listeners. So give us a call. And when you, if you are a first-time caller, uh, let Sebastian know, our operator, and uh, he will inform me. And this is what happens when you'll get to the air. Yeah, your wings. garden wings. And our uh, mantra, of course, call early, call often. One question per call. You can always call back. That's right. right? That's right. Okay. So perhaps we should take a break, and then I'll come back with some announcements oh, I've got coming up. Oh, excellent. Okay, right. let's stuff. do that. Back shortly here with Charlie Dobbin. It's The Garden Show.
Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Alrighty, Charlie has made the call. Uh, that she's going to do a little announcement or two. First, we kind of brushed over that. So, what do you have going on, Charlie? Oh, what there's folks always know things yep. going okay. on. Well, I mean, first, right off the top. The Zoomer Show is yes. on this weekend, and uh, Marilyn Weston, who was just here before mm-hmm. us on her way out, commented, I love this. She's got, she, every year she has a booth there as part of her uh, her radio show, of course, yeah. is from a woman's perspective, but she is the wardrobe doctor. She's doing a fashion show. Tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow at 12 15, right on the yeah. lifestyle stage, mm-hmm. and her models range in age from 45 to 100 years old. Isn't that great? I love it. Ah, that, boy, that's a Zoomer Zoomer. Uh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A Zooming Zoomer. That's terrific. That's amazing. So that's great. Good news. We're cer- certainly worth mm-hmm. going to the Zoomer show for that. And if I'll you're be there not... tomorrow from 2 to 5. Well, there you go. Oh, there you go. And I'll be in the garden. Mm. All right. Uh, guess what else? There's a few things going on tomorrow. Tomorrow is Supalicious Niagara. It's held at the Balls Falls Conservation Area, which is 3292 6th Avenue in Lincoln. This goes on from noon until 3 p.m. It is a benefit for the food growing and sharing program called Plant a Row, Grow a Row. For more information, www.growarow.org. There will be 15 delicious soups for sipping, slurping, and savoring, all for the advanced ticket price of $10 or $15 at the door. Uh, to get your ticket, go to supalicious.ca. It's a zero-waste initiative, so bring your own spoon and your appetites. <laughs> all good. proceeds are going to remain in the Niagara area to help support the food growing and sharing program. Also tomorrow, the Toronto Japanese Garden Club Fall Flower Show is on from 12 until 4.30 p.m. in the Kobayashi Hall Japanese-Canadian Cultural Centre, 6 Garamond Court in Toronto. $5 admission. Kids under 12 are free. Lots and lots of displays, but what will be special are the unusual and exquisite Japanese Fuji-type chrysanthemums. Uh, and the rest I've got going on there is happening in for not for a few weeks. Okay. So, we'll, so we'll, we'll hold on those. All right, the rest yeah. of those because we have folks waiting in the line, all set to yes, and charged up to speak to you. Like, uh, oh, hey, Josephine in Pickering. Good morning, and welcome back to the air here with us. Good morning. morning. How are you two? Good. Excellent. How I are hope you? you two are keeping out of mischief. <laughs> <laughs> you can be guaranteed. Okay. <laughs> what I'm calling about is my hostess. I have six beautiful big hostas, but I want to divide them. Is now a good time to divide them or wait until the spring? Either. Whichever one's easier for you. I think that the, if you're doing the dividing now, you'll cut all the leaves off. And oh, I've already done that. Oh, okay. So you can see exactly what you're working with. Exactly. And then it's just a sharp shovel. <clears throat> Lift the whole clump. Get out your saw or your big you know, knife or whatever it is you're going to use to saw the, the clump into multi-sections. And then replant. Not a problem. You can do it now. Do it in the spring. Whatever, whatever you've got more time, whenever oh. you have more time. Okay. Now, would it be okay to put them in pots before I, to, over the winter? Would they be okay? Uh, as long as you bury those pots 
back in the ground for the winter. Okay, so I might as well plant them as bury the pots. Yeah, if you know where they're going, that's what I would do. If, if, however, you've got some you wanted to give away and you can't give them away till the spring, then just keep them in the pots and then lift them in the spring and give them away then. But, oh, I've got yeah. some people that are after them already, and they said, well, I'll take this one and I'll take that one. <laughs> I said, no, you won't. You'll only get a part of it. <laughs> All right, Josephine. Good for you. Yeah. Okay, have a good weekend. Yeah, you too. You. Thank you very much, you too. Oh, yeah. That that gets us off and running, and hey, we're uh, into, oh, let's get out to Keswick and have a word or two with Cecilia. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. I have a couple of holly bushes that are about 10, 12 years old, and they've just gone crazy. Oh, good. I usually cut off a few branches at Christmas for decoration, but I was wondering when, when I could uh, really clip it back. Okay, because they're just overgrowing their space, are they? Well, you know what I'd do? I'd probably wait till November, late November, and then clip back not only some for your decorations, but clip more, whatever you need to clip. Do it then. Can I go really deep into the the bushes? They're just... uh... They've taken over completely over our, one of the back uh, parts of our yard. That's interesting because, you know, holly often doesn't do that well. It tends to be, you know, one of those kind of straggly, struggling shrubs mm. uh, in Ontario. So that's that you've obviously chosen a very good spot for it. Well, okay. in, in terms of really, really doing a, a big pruning on it, remember the most you ever take off at any one time is one-third of the plant. And okay. you could do that at that time frame, that late November, early December time frame, but not more than a third. Okay, that's great. Okay. Thank you very much. Very good, You're Cecilia. Welcome. Thank you very much for the call and a reminder that you are indeed listening to The Garden Show here on Zoomer Radio. Phone numbers, I'll just check them again here, 416-360-0740 in Toronto. And anywhere in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. When we come back to the air with Charlie, she's going to be having a little conversation with the first-time caller. So stick around. We've got lots going on here on Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Charlie just witnessed me reaching over to get my little bell here. There you are. First time caller... Hey, there's Pat here in Toronto. Good morning, Pat. Good morning. Uh, I'm, hello, uh, morning. Charlie. I'm calling about a wasp nest in my composter. I found this out about a month ago uh, when I had a whole pile of very angry wasps chase me into the house. Oh, yeah. Now, I haven't used that since because I have another two composters. Mm-hmm. What I want to know is, will this wasp nest die off during the big freeze-up? And will it be safe to use the composter in the spring again? As far as I know, yes. The the wasps do not overwinter in the nest. Basically what happens is all the wasps die in the winter except the queen, and she buries herself under the ground uh, to overwinter there, uh, makes herself a little, a little nest down under under the surface of of the soil. And that's why... In early in the spring, we don't see very many wasps, but late in the season, like August and mm-hmm. September, we see tons because yeah. the the nest is built in the spring and all the eggs are laid and the brood exponentially increases, the population increases 
as the summer continues. And so we start the, this gardening season with very few wasps and we end with, you know, quadrillions. And that's why, because they, the, whole, the whole generation happens in that, in that one season. So I wouldn't worry about it at all. I just ignore that composter to leave it alone for now. Next spring, take a, you know, obviously I would expect it to be empty, that there'll just be a dry cellulose nest yeah. left behind. Am I supposed to keep the composter really wet? I read this somewhere. Uh, I, I haven't been watering it. Uh, maybe that's one of the reasons. It probably is because a wasp wasps will not build their nest in a damp spot. Ah, it's, okay. it's a dry, if it's too dry in your composter, that's why they'll build in there. Uh, oh, so, that's great. So you, I know what to do. Yeah, now. and you know what? It, how we, you know how wet to keep your compost? It's actually a lot wetter than I thought. Like I, I learned this myself. I was keeping my compost way too dry, and it yeah. was decomposing very slowly. And a friend of mine said, "Oh my gosh, it's way too dry." You, 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 it's the idea of a of a uh, squished out or a wrung out sponge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's okay. that moist. It's that's a it's quite a, a bit lot of water moister. Then. That's right. You really literally have to water your compost bin because we have lids on them right so you got to get in there with the hose and pour the water that's a good tip yeah yeah yeah. okay all right thanks for your call thank you very much for your help yeah thank you very much pat look forward to uh, another call anytime all righty speaking of first-time callers gosh here we go oh nice Hey, there's Alice in Mort Hope. Mort Hope. Mort Hope. <laughs> Mount Hope. Good morning, Alice. Good morning. Morning. Welcome Good morning. to Welcome How to the show. You? Great. Good. Um, I have a Christmas cactus that is about 25 years old that I've been given, mm-hmm. and um, it's. Oh. What happened? On the end oh. of the leaves, like the you know. And does that mean the flower is going to come from that? Okay, sorry. <clears throat> What's at the end of the leaves? It's like a little red. Yep, that's it. That's the flower bud. That's the flower. Now, should I be fertilizing that? Yeah, now is the time to... It's it's interesting because most of our plants are shutting down for the winter. So they're slowing down. They're physiologically hunkering down, having a little quiet time. And we do not fertilize any plants at this time of year except those that are actively growing and actively flowering. So you're absolutely right. You can be fertilizing your Christmas cactuses uh, or cacti, you know, once every two weeks or so now until they're finished blooming. Um, Orchids in the home that are blooming, African violets, anything that's blooming can be fertilized every two to three weeks. I've I've written to you about my orchids before. I've got about 15 and they're blooming. Nice. Yeah. And you can give the same food to all of them. Okay. All right. Thank Good luck. Thank you very much. Th- I enjoy your show. Thank you. Thanks Thank you, for your Alice. call. All righty. Okay. Have a wonderful Bye-bye. weekend. Thanks for uh, being here with us on AM 740 and, of course, 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Now, uh, as we say goodbye to Alice there, that frees up not one, but we've got a couple of lines open. So if you're, you know, in past trying to get through and you can't get a line, uh, to, right now would be super. Give a call to, in Toronto, 416-360-0740 or anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. We've had what? One, two, three, four. Well, going to our fifth caller and yet another first-time caller. Oh, wow. Hey, that's for Barb in Elmira. Good morning, Barb. Good morning. It's not not a good morning, but anyway, it's <laughs> garden morning. <laughs> it's, the rain is I, good. I'm wondering about hibiscus. Mm-hmm. I brought mine in, like they're just the indoor ones. Mm-hmm. And I really sprayed them down with um, the spray and washed them in the bathtubs. Oh, good. And yesterday I looked, and they all had little bugs on the leaves and the flower, around the flower. Oh, yeah. 
Like little tiny Yeah, green little look- specks. They're not moving, not like the ones that fly around, but right. they would be the eggs, right? Um, not necessarily. So, But if you're seeing them on the tips, the growing tips where the buds are and the, and the leaves that are on the the ends of all the branches, then likely what you've got there are some aphids because uh, that's where they typically will congregate is on the newest growth. Okay. Um, assuming that it is aphids, I would I'd take the hibiscus in t- back into the bathroom, put them in the bathtub, and you, uh, you can use like safer soap, a soap, to, um, soap and water mixture. Um, make your own soap and water mixture, not detergent, but actual soap and water. 40 to 1 is the ratio. Or you can buy safer soap or even just a bug be gone, something that's a pyrethrin-based spray. None of these are highly toxic sprays, but it's a very easy insect to kill. It's a small, um, soft-bodied, uh, and they do suck the juices, and they do breed like crazy. So you see one, you'll see a million shortly thereafter. Okay. Um, now, like I had used the insecticide soap. So something different than that, you're no. saying? <clears throat> the way the soap works is that the soap has to actually cover and coat the body of all the insects in order to kill them. Okay. So if you use the soap and you found that you know so, a bug didn't mm. die, it, it's only a reflection of perhaps it was missed in the spraying. So now your, your trick is you've got to actually coat every single insect in order to be effective to kill all of them. Okay. Well, I even sprayed it with Raid yesterday. Took them outside, sprayed it oh. with Raid, and then I washed it off with a garden oh, hose. And okay. I thought, well, maybe uh, I'd get them off that way. Yeah, but but, what, what, did you look this morning? Do you see any evidence? I don't see any right now. I brought, brought them back in again, so I will still maybe just stick them in the bathtub and, and wash them down yet. Well, if you, if you did the Raid and you did the water yesterday... I'd be inclined to to no, see the soap won't do anything now if there's no insects there. Okay, it'll just wash the plant, and it sounds like it's been washed just yesterday. So rather than wasting your time and the soap spray, just monitor those plants. Uh, keep them, uh, or if it's one plant or two plants, three, yeah, three. Quarantine them from other plants so that you, at least you're not going to have this, you know, uh, pest jumping around to other plants if you have others indoors. And just keep a really close look. You know, check every day, twice a day. Even get yourself a bit of a magnet fine glass you can see more clearly because aphids come in every color of the rainbow including the same color of green as the leaves okay so they can be quite nicely camouflaged yeah. if you're not really looking really closely they also come in orange and black and you know all these other <laughs> colors but uh but yeah a magnifying glass might be a good idea and just t- take a really close look keep an eye for them and look on the tips the tip the tip growth. And if, if you do, if it's not aphids, if suddenly you're seeing something there and, it, you know, I'm, I'm thinking it's aphids, but you're not, um, we're not convinced without not seeing it. If you could take a picture and wanted to send me a picture of the insect, I'd be happy to identify it as well. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you're you, very Bob. welcome. Take care of Elmira for us. And thanks for joining us here on the Garden yeah. Show. Well, a dismal Saturday morning, but boy, you're, sure, you're brightening, brightening up the world with uh, some <laughs> sage advice here. All righty. Uh, oh, my gosh. I, let me reach for that bell. Wow, your Again. arm is getting uh, working t- I'm today. telling you, it's unbelievable. That's for Bruce right here in Toronto. Oh, nice. Hi, Bruce. Hi. Um, thanks for taking my call. Our pleasure. I have a, I purchased uh, at a nursery uh, near the end of summer a cucumber tree. Uh, which is native to Ontario, is a species at risk. Um, so it had dried out in its pot, and it was a little forlorn, quickly lost its leaves, uh, but I planted it anyways and um, fertilized it, 
and gave it lots of water. Uh, in the warm spell that we had through late September and early part of this month, um, the leaves have started to rebud. Uh-huh. And so I have large buds. They haven't burst yet, um, but they are quite large, green. Big, green, juicy buds now. And this is obviously outside, this plant. Yes, yeah. Um, it, you know, it'll be a large tree, should it take. Yeah. Well, what I, you know what? This, you're absolutely correct that, um, well, two things. Remember, cucumber tree is a magnolia. So it could be that you're looking at flower buds that form mm. in the fall and should bloom in the spring. And so I, I, I wouldn't panic. It sounds to me like you've done everything right. You've given it a proper planting location. I would not stay right away with, from the fertilizer uh, for now, obviously. Uh, it's getting some great rain right now. All our plants and our insects are very confused by what happened in September. That warm weather was super confusing as most everything was getting ready for winter, was slowing down, hunkering down, and then all of a sudden, 30-degree heat, hot sunshine. It was like, oh, my gosh, everything started buzzing around and and waking up again. And So we we do have some confused plants, but I would not be overly concerned. I think it'll be just fine, and it's great that you're looking after, like you say, a species at risk and... uh, uh, and that you're going to help to make sure that it survives. So for now, just, yeah, talk to it, remind it. It's, it's winter still coming, and just stay, stay the way you are. Don't be progressing. And, and certainly the weather right now is perfect because it's, it's slowing everything right down again. Uh, down, you know, in the single digits is perfect. That's what we need. Should I wrap it? Nope, nope, nope. Nope. Okay, All perfect. Right. Thank you. You're very welcome. Gee, you got a you got a hundred percent in that report card there, Bruce. Yeah, <laughs> good, that's good. good stuff. Thanks for joining us here on the Garden Show. Uh, reaching out to uh, well, the Niagara area, Niagara Falls to be precise. There's Ron. Good morning, Ron. Hello, Ron. Oh, that's interesting because he was calling about a magnolia as yeah. well. Yeah. I wonder if we do have him, or uh, let me turn around and see if we can get a word. No. Oh, something happened. Oh. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, okay. I think our operator had to leave momentarily. No, it's okay. He just ran. You didn't see him. Oh. Sebastian just ran in, pressed a button, and ran back. And you turned as and he, he ran. Was... <laughs> okay. Uh, Ron, well, are you there? See. Let's see if Ron's there I'm now. here. Hello? Excellent. There you go. Excellent. Good morning. Okay, so I guess the question is, uh, what bugs you? Because I'm going to tell you what's bugging me. <laughs> okay. I'm happy to hear it. Um, what do I do with my magnolia tree? I had the last couple of years, we had a real problem with scale beetles on it. Um, so last spring, we sprayed it really good with horticultural oil. We didn't get any this year, uh, but it says that we should spray it again in the fall. So when do I do that? Okay, so what you need are the same conditions that you needed in the spring. You need uh, it to be above zero, you need very little wind, and you need no rain in the forecast for at least 24 hours. Well, today wouldn't be a good day. Correct. <laughs> but what, what kind of beetles did you say you had on the, on the tree? They were scale beetles. Oh, scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm just trying to remember, I, I can never keep sort of track in my brain S- uh, many plants are susceptible to scale, which is an insect, but each of the scale insects is very specific to a plant. So, for example, magnolia scale is only found on magnolia. And there is only one real time of year when uh, the nymphs are 
uh, available to be annihilated with the horticultural oil. So I'm going to just double check this uh, on our next break, and I will mention it before the show is over. The optimal time to be spraying for magnolia scale. Euonymus scale is one of the other big ones that many people struggle with. And again, their timing for spraying is totally opposite. I believe, I'm pretty sure magnolia scale is susceptible in the fall, and euonymus is more like midsummer. But let me let me double check double yeah. check that. Okay. Thanks for your call, though. That's that's a okay. okay good. That's <laughs> and you, that's Ron. a great question too. Yeah. Gee whiz, we have more open lines once we've said the bye bye to uh, Ron there in Niagara Falls. Uh, so let me just repeat the numbers because we're getting a whole scat of uh, first time callers. Yeah. So obviously, you know, want the number there in Toronto? Call four one six three six zero zero seven forty. In anywhere in the province, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And here we go again. <laughs> this is, I love it, Jerry in Burlington. Good morning, Jerry. Well, good morning, guys. Good Thanks morning. For taking my call. <laughs> I would like to know what is the best way uh, of storing geraniums in the house. I bought these beautiful, unusual colors, mm. and I would like to keep them for next year. And mm. I, I live in a house, so uh, what can you recommend? Well, there's three ways. Well, I guess sort of, yeah, three ways, really, to overwinter geraniums. The one that I use and that I find is you know, foolproof is... Are the geraniums in pots right now, or in, are they in the they, ground? They are in pots, and I brought them inside in my kind of, uh, like, uh, ATM. Okay. Do you have a... See, you can keep them alive, blooming, um, you know, as houseplants, if you have a nice sunny location to put them in for the winter, in those pots. Okay, okay. And, and that would be just treating them as you would a houseplant. You water them when they're dry, okay. uh, enjoy the flowers, because they will continue to bloom off and on all winter, and come spring, uh, March... You can then get out your little pruners and you can start pruning those geraniums and take cuttings. And before you know it, you've got the pot, which came in this fall, which would be like your mother plant. And you'll cut off a bunch of daughters from that mother plant. And so, you know, you don't need to bring in every single one. You can bring in, you know, two of each variety or three of each color or whatever it is you've got going on there and make more in the spring. And that is by far the easiest, most foolproof way to keep geraniums alive. Okay. 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 That's great. Thank you so <laughs> very much. I appreciate it very much. My okay. pleasure. Thanks for joining us Thank here you. on The Garden Show. You know, I have a sense that you would just like to take just a little bit of a break. You've been working hard here. Well, I keep thinking about you needing some massage therapy on that arm. You <laughs> no, just yeah, That I arm know. has just been going all I'm, morning. I'm going to put it back into action momentarily, And too. I think we need to s- teach you some ambidextrous <laughs> stuff here so you're not just, you know, building up a huge Popeye muscle on one side and scrawny little arm I'll, on the I'll other. Switch. I'll do a left-handed <laughs> bell ring. Okay. <laughs> Coming up, we'll, we'll be doing that when I... I uh, welcome Lewis to the line here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Zoomerplex, here from the Zoomerplex, we... uh, are going to have another first-time caller oh grace the airwaves just a second here. This is great. we yeah. got to get a big pot of coffee, I think, <laughs> Lewis, all these new visitors. Good morning, Lewis, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Uh, I appreciate your show. Very informative. Thank you. Uh, you guys are usually very happy, and that's you the way should. to go. Um, Thank you. And now I have a question for you. Okay. That's great. I, Ready? I've been looking for cactus soil. Oh. 
And you have, I can't find cactus oil in the big box stores. Uh, hmm. but, and you're in Toronto. And I am in Toronto, yeah. I'm in between, um, uh, I'm just by Eglinton and Jane, let's say. So you've got a Sheridan nursery down towards the lakeshore there, that not that far away. You've got Plant World. Plant World, they're still open, aren't they? Um, I was there a few days ago, but I forgot to ask about uh, cactus soil. They would yeah. have it for sure. And yeah. and the other thing is, so you've tried like the Home Depot, Canadian Tires, those kind of when you say big box stores. Yeah, uh, that's what I mean. The, I tried the Home Depot. Like I've gone there, like I've been going there for almost a year looking every now and then for the cactus soil. Yeah. never have it. And the last one I got was more like regular soil yeah. than sandy soil. Yeah, well, that's mm. it. So I was going to say, I mean, you can always make your own cactus oil. All you need mm-hmm. to do is buy regular potting soil or soilless mix and yeah. Add about th- like make a mix. So you've got thirty parts sand to seventy parts potting soil. So you basically would be mixing sand into the existing potting soil. Now you'd need sterile sand, so you'd still have to buy sand. You're not going to sort of dig that out of the backyard uh, yeah. and sterile, you know, fresh, brand new, soilless potting soil mix. And uh, yeah, and it's just a matter of getting that drainage happening, and that's where yeah. the sand comes in. So you say the mixture is what? Uh, I would make a, a 30% sand. So uh, make your mix. You know, if you're measuring it out by the cup or the shovel yeah. full or whatever, just make it, you know, one-third sand to two-thirds uh, just regular all-purpose potting soil. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's nice because, like I said, I've been looking for it and, and nobody has it. Like, I actually went there yesterday to the, yeah. the closest Home Depot here, which is at the stockyards. Yeah. And, um, no, we don't have it. I'm not surprised, actually. I mean, it's kind of a specialty item. I find that, you know, even like orchid bark, for example. It would move regularly a lot. Yeah, Yeah. African violet soil. There used to be all kinds of sort of specialty mixes out there. But the big box stores aren't going to carry all. They're just going to carry the the all-purpose kind of, you know, run-of-the-mill. You really need to get to a good garden center if you can. Yeah, they want everything in and out quick. Yeah, That's right. It's (laughs) all about the turns, you know. Keep the product turning. (laughs) Have a great weekend. Thank you very much for the information and keep it up. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much, much. Melissa. Yeah, nice to have you on and the show. don't be a stranger. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, uh, golly, we're uh, off to Brantford now, Charlie. Mm-hmm. There's Ellen. Good morning, Ellen. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks very much for having me. I called last week to ask about my uh, Japanese maple, and I went out and pruned it, just as you told me to. Uh-huh. And this week I'm calling about a dogwood. Okay. Um, it's uh, eight years old. Mm-hmm. And in the early spring, it developed um, web caterpillars on one branch. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not a dogwood. It's a flowering crab apple. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. And I saw it, and within one day, the, the, mm-hmm. the worms were gone. I had taken them off, washed the branch. But the whole tree has not done well this year. Um, it, it just looked like it was struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, the leaves were sparse. Mm-hmm. The um, the fruit the flowers were not as plentiful. The fruit is not as plentiful, mm-hmm. and the leaves dropped very quickly. So, okay. but you know um, what you what you experienced many people experienced with their um, flowering crab apples this year. I saw that. Yeah. I was looking around, and yeah. they all looked the same. Yeah, and and you know what? It's strictly the weather. It was that cold, okay. wet spring that did it to the crabs. Crab apples okay. are very susceptible to fungal diseases. Some varieties are more resistant than others, but many of the big trees that we see out in the landscape are are not resistant at all. They were planted 20, 30 years ago. And um, yes, indeed, many of them were completely defoliated by July. And the flowering 
comes back to flower buds being set the year before um, because they do flower early in the season. What I would do if I were you is don't worry about it for now. I mean, unless there's anything going on in that tree where, you know, we talked about anything dead, diseased or damaged, branches rubbing together. So if there's any of that kind of cleanup pruning, you could do that now this fall. Um, obviously not when it's raining, but you, you know, when it's dry, we do our pruning. Early in the spring, like really early in the spring, late winter, is when we would do any pruning for shape. If you, for whatever reason, this plant needed some pruning to balance it out or to, you know, make it a better looking plant. And around that same time, you're going to look at dormant spray. We talked a little bit about using um, dormant spray to annihilate uh, we were talking about aphids earlier, but also um, magnolia scale. Uh, that's being... why I called, because I heard that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, maybe that's what it needs. It does, actually. And you would use that when the crab apple is dormant uh, in okay. the spring. Uh, you could also spray in the fall, if you wish, so both times. But again, dormant plant, no leaves, no flowers. Uh, and it, it is a kit that you buy, and the big box stores should have it, and certainly the garden centers will. It'll be just called a dormant kit to... Two liquids inside the box. One is mm-hmm. lime sulfur. The other is horticultural oil. And you'll follow the instructions to mix and and add water. And what the the dormant spray is the best, most important, completely organic spray you can ever do for your plants to help them get through some of the horrible experiences of, of the spring and summer. So it kills overwintering pests and diseases when we spray in the spring. And mm-hmm. so it's just an excellent way to give them a real good start for the season. And um, so certainly worth doing. Particularly if you love that flowering crab, it will be much healthier if you use that every single spring. Okay. All that's, right. That's perfect. Thank you very much. You're very okay, welcome. Ellen, thanks for joining us here on a dismal-looking Saturday morning, but a happy-sounding Charlie yeah. Dobbin. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, we have to have set a record here this morning as far as first-time callers because oh, yeah, yeah. we're going to add to that. But before we do, just, I just yes? I want to just report back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Magnolia scale, right. because we did have that call earlier from Ron mm-hmm. uh, wondering about uh, when to spray for scale. Scale's a little tiny insect that it, it's called scale because it... it grows a a shell over its back and once the insect grows that shell no spray in the world impervious yeah can kill it so there is a certain time of the year and it's actually in september and october that the magnolia scale has laid eggs the eggs have hatched and the little babies are the nymphs and the babies haven't grown the, the, the shell yet so they are very susceptible to dying when sprayed with, you know, a horticultural mm-hmm. oil, which will suffocate them. So, yes, indeed, September, October, good time to, to get onto the magnolia scale that you might have on your magnolia. Obviously, when it's not raining and it's above zero and the wind is very, very low. All righty. Okay. And uh, a note to Elizabeth on the line there in Guelph. Hang on, I'm just so anxious to give you your garden wings. <laughs> that, <laughs> that comes up next after these words. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, now, let's zip along to Guelph and uh, just a second here. There you go, your garden wings, Elizabeth. Welcome to the show, first time caller. Good morning, folks. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I have problems with my roses losing their leaves every year. Right now, my roses have got a few uh, flowers on them, but mm-hmm. there's no leaves on the roses. 
and I've do, I've done everything I can do. It's been going on for a long time. Yeah. It's the varieties. You, again, yeah. very similar to the flowering crab apples we were talking about with the last caller. Um, roses, actually, they're all the same family, the flowering crab and the roses. They're all members of the rose family. They are, some varieties are very susceptible to black spot and mildews, any of the fungal diseases. This spring, this summer, earlier, when it was raining, 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 and it was cool, cool conditions, many of the fungal diseases were thriving and infecting the, the susceptible plants, thus causing early defoliation. What I can suggest is that if you love your roses and if you have a great spot for them, I mean, remember that lots and lots of sun, minimum six hours of sun every day, all day on the roses to keep them as healthy as possible. Make sure they're in an area where there's good air circulation that will keep the foliage as dry as possible and that will lower the susceptibility to any of the fungal diseases because sunshine and air kills off the spores. The um, the other thing is when you're pruning, make sure that you're pruning so that they are as open as possible, again, so that air and sun can penetrate into the shrubs it, during the growing season. Um, and if you still just say, you know what, every year they just look like crap and they're just not a beautiful addition to my garden, consider digging them up, composting them, and getting yourself some of the newer varieties that are not nearly as susceptible to the diseases. So there's some great, great varieties out there. I'm a huge fan of the knockout roses. Uh, there's, they come in all different colors, but they're, they're under the term knockout, K-N-O-C-K, out. Wonderful, easy care, bloom nonstop, no diseases, no pests. I've got a couple in my garden right now. I, they're just they're covered in flowers. Every leaf is intact, and wow. I've done nothing to them. I've, I've just smiled at them all summer. And I will just chop them down in the spring, and they'll grow back up next year and do the same thing again. So, you know, make your life easier is my suggestion. Sometimes you just have to give up on varieties that are too much work and just aren't beautiful enough and go to some of the newer varieties, which are going to work out better for you. But this has been going on for about 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. It'll yeah. go on forever. It, oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. It'll go on forever. Okay. It's the variety. It's the genetics of the plant. Okay. So, you know, that it's just that the particular varieties you've got going there are just super susceptible. Switch allegiances. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Unless for some reason yeah. you want to hold on to those yeah. ones. I'd, Sometimes I'd that's tough, isn't it, I suppose? You yeah, know? it depends where they came from and, you know, if somebody gave you the rose or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I as some of my roses have slowly... You know, they get weaker and weaker. That's what happens. Eh? When they get infected with these diseases, the, the whole plant is just over a period of time skinnier, smaller, fewer mm. flowers. Not healthy. Not healthy. Yeah. Exactly. All righty. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. And uh, here we are, the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio as we check in with Don here in Toronto. Good morning, Don. Good morning. Morning. How are you? Excellent. Very good. Frank, how are you? I am super. Thanks very much, Don. How about you? <laughs> Today I'm just going through outside. I'm wet, cold, dingy. <laughs> anyway, listen, I have some uh, geraniums that I cut the tops off, and I put them in these bats of pots. I put them all underground, but I cut all the tops. Mm. What are my chances of getting those back next year? So wait, so you cut the, you've kept the cuttings that you cut off? I kept the root part. Oh, okay. And you, you've dug them up? I dug them up, yeah. cut the root part, and I put them in a big vat. I have ones about six feet, and I planted them all in there, all below ground. And I put some more to soil on top. So is there any green protruding from the soil at all? 
slightly, yes. Okay, and are they getting any light? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so in order for those plants to survive, they need to be able to grow, uh, obviously, some more roots, but some leaves, etc. So you, it's all about the photosynthesis. So the, the light on the green stems is going to help those plants develop some, some leaves and some, the ability to survive the winter. Be super careful you don't overwater in the meantime. And uh, okay. yeah, they, yeah, they may come back depending on you know again how happy and healthy they are. Also, okay. I planted uh, bulbs in pots this year. Must they be inside, or are they okay to be outside with the cool? So, and you <clears throat> you want to get those blooming early, or you want to have those blooming in the spring, just when they would normally bloom? When they normally bloom, I'd leave them out. Oh, if they're going to be outside, you've got to bury them under the ground. And then just pull them up when the snow melts and enjoy. That's for sure. That's that's fine. If you wanted to stick them in a refrigerator for the next 12 or 14 weeks, you could pull them out of the refrigerator and have them bloom indoors early, like in February. But if you're happy to wait till March or April, then sure, just get them outside. Just make sure that they are buried under the ground. They're buried under the ground in pots. Yep, in pots, just because you can't leave them above ground. They will, they will freeze and die above ground so either that or, or just in an unheated shed the main thing is that above ground is just too cold <laughs> got it okay okay very good thanks very much guys You're thanks welcome. very much don okay have yourself a great weekend you um, got dis- distracted and he snuck in two questions oh gee whiz yeah. well i was handed a note uh-huh. from dave redinger who's just uh-huh. getting set to take off with the uh, car guys there um handed me a note says last week i visited hart castle in california the guide told us the roses were over a hundred years old. Is that possible? Yes, it is. Oh, absolutely. I've seen. Oh, I was kind of amazed myself. This is a long, long time ago. I was visiting some friends in England, and wandering through the garden, they were taking me on a little tour, and somebody said, "This is a rose that our great, great, great grandmother planted over a hundred years ago." And it's just like a little rose. It was yeah, standing yeah. like two feet tall, two feet wide, in full bloom. It was June, and I went. What? How could that be over 100 years old? Yeah. So I got down on my hands and knees and I looked, and sure enough, the, the stalk down at ground yeah. level was probably Huge. eight inches across. Wow. It was that old. It was like, a, it, yeah, yeah. Th- they just pruned it down every spring and it just looked like a little brand new rose bush. Isn't nice and fresh and perky. Yeah. But there it was with this massive trunk on it. So, well, yep, it can be done go. if you know what you're doing. So there you go, Dave. Thanks for handing me that little note. And I was yeah. pleased to be able to squeeze it in. And unfortunately, Ellen was calling back. Oh, smart. Yeah, we just ran out of time, Ellen. But get a a call in there early next week, okay, here on The Garden Show. And uh, we've got to wrap things up pretty soon. Oh, yeah, um, just a quick note that I'll I'll be over at the Entercare Center for the Zoomer Show tomorrow afternoon from 2 to 5. 2 to 5 in the 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 AM740 booth. I guess that's kind Mm -hmm. of in the center of the show somewhere, the the big booth. And... um, how do I recognize? You know, I'll be wearing a, a Zoomer uh, golf shirt. You and everybody and, else. And I, I must admit, I sound taller than That's I am. That's correct. So look for a short, short guy. guy yeah. With a great voice. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Sebastian. Thanks to all the great callers. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, 
and The Garden Show.